Real Talk with Grace Redman features conversations with fierce and fabulous people from Grace's community and circle who inspire others with their stories of overcoming challenges to create amazing. Grace is an entrepreneur and success coach who works with individuals to diminish their negative mental chatter, boost their confidence, achieve their goals, and increase their prosperity mindset. Get ready for a series of Anything Goes Conversations with remarkable men and women that will get you jazzed for life's unlimited possibilities of success, freedom, and fun. Welcome to Real Talk with Grace Redman. It's Grace Redman, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us live today on this episode of Real Talk, where I get to have real life, raw conversations with incredible people from my circles and communities who have overcome challenges and created fabulous. Today, I'm so excited to be here with the incredible Claire Davis. Claire, Claire is a midlife health and happiness expert and one half of the husband and wife team behind multi award-winning wellness company, 38 Degrees North, which was founded 10 years ago in Ibiza and is now widely known as the Midlife Mentors. They have a highly successful five-star rated podcast, The Midlife Mentors, which is designed to lift the lid on their no-nonsense approach to health and happiness over 40. They also help transform lives from the inside out through the Midlife Method eight-week program for body, mind, and soul. The method teaches midlifers how to lose belly fat, regain control, and feel comfortable in their own skin without making huge sacrifices. Claire, girl, I'm so happy to be here. That's amazing. I don't, I'm gone now. You've just, you've done it all. I don't need to say anymore. That's amazing. Thanks so much. What an introduction. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're amazing. I've been following you for a while and I really, I love what you do um, because it, the struggle is real when we get to midlife and it doesn't have to be a struggle. Like you said, mm. we can create, um, you know, without sacrificing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's amazing to be here as well because we. This has been a couple of months in the making. We just couldn't fit it in, could we? So um, it's great to be here, and it's one side of the beauty of social media, right? It can yeah. be incredibly toxic, but also connects people from around the world together like this. Yeah, to come together and build a community of amazing women like this. I love it. I love it too. And so you're tell them where you're where you're at right now. I am, at the moment, I'm in London, so I'm literally um, at our office in um, Camden Market, so we're literally in the hub of Camden Market, which is actually sunny today, we had two months, so okay. talk about being very British, we had two months of rain uh, when we got back, we also live in Marbella in Spain, so we got back and had two months of solid rain, I was like, take me back to Spain, it's nice now, it's nice. Beautiful, beautiful, so, <laughs> so tell me, because I know you had a very successful career in PR, yeah, I did. And, and what motivated you to leave that incredible successful career and become a health coach and, and now the midlife mentor? Oh my goodness. So it's a long journey. Um it didn't feel like an incredible career to me because um my first job was at Harrods. So I was um in the marketing department in Harrods, that was my first job, and it was brutal. So it was 1999 and it was brutal. And then I went into fashion PR and luxury design PR and it never ever um, fitted. It never it felt like a mask constantly. Like a, um, I always say, like an uncomfortable pair of knickers. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was just, it never suited me. And I was always trying to do other things. I became a life coach really young. I became a stress management consultant. I did um, work with Microsoft as an executive coach. But all this time, I still kept the PR thing going. And it wasn't until my divorce, a very um, upsetting divorce for both parts, um, I ended up very, very low and depressed. Um, I was put on antidepressants. Um, and I'd actually had kind of um, borderline eating disorders back in my past. Um, but my weight ballooned, absolutely ballooned. I was drinking too much. There was um, some not great behavior, some self-destructive behavior. I wasn't into fitness, I wasn't into health, I wasn't into any of that really. I'd done the gym, but not really knowing what I was doing. And it saved me. It saved me, like nutrition, learning about nutrition, exercising, mainly resistance training. Mm -hmm. So kind of weight made me feel really powerful again. And I remember thinking, if I could bottle this feeling with my coaching, with my NLP that I do, 
and deliver it as a holistic approach, how amazing would that be? Because it's mind, body, and soul. Yes, yes, 100%, sister. Mm. I, I could re relate to what you're saying because during the most difficult times in my life, when I too was you know, using alcohol and other things to cope, it wasn't, it was making it worse. And then I turned to fitness. I, I've always loved fitness, but in that time it saved me. And then that's when I started to get healthy. And I realized the mind, body, and soul is, is connected. It's not, it's not separate. It's not compartmentalized. It's all together. Absolutely. And here's a crazy thing. In my twenties, I went really spiritual. I hate that word. You know, but like really, really into myself and kind of like really, and I, and I loved it and it was great. But then I neglected um, my success habits. I, I neglected my habits. I neglected my body. I neglected my relationships. So I was just literally like a, a retreat junkie. Obviously, we have retreats in it, but retreat junkie and just you have to have balance. Yes. That's why I love what we do. If one is out of whack, it affects everything else. You pull one back in. If your body's, if your health is your wealth, if you haven't got, if you haven't got that dialed in and you're looking in the mirror and you're not liking what you see and you're being you know that inner critic and you're not feeling you're sluggish you're waking up without any energy impacts every in your work how much money you make everything everything i agree everything and one thing that i like what you said is it, it, it we get healthy from the inside out so tell me a little bit about that what does that mean to you when we get healthy from the inside out I think it's about, you know, a lot of the time we, um, our program, because we've got, I've got NLP background and stress management and stuff, and James is like super, super, super smart, so annoying, but he's got a psychology background, and like we, we that is the bedrock of what we do, um, it's changing people's belief systems and their self-identity, because here's the thing, what most people do, they do the external work, so they go out and they um, do, do the gym routine, do the diet, they um, do the job, they, they get the career, but none of it, if you're not, if your um, self-identity and your belief systems aren't aligned to that goal that you're going for, um, it will be short-lived because it's called congruence theory. You might know this, congruence theory, it's psychology. If you're not congruent with what you're doing and what your belief systems are, something has to give. And most of the time it's that internal dialogue that will, will berate you and bring you down and then, and then you break yourself even more because that hasn't stuck. It's like when um, people win the lottery. You know, this is a f crazy phenomenon. They've got, um, uh, um, you know, people that haven't been used to money then win the lottery, but they still have that feeling of fear around money, a feeling of lack. So they burn through their money and ends up poorer. Yes, it's because they're not. I'm, I'm poor. It's true. Well, like you said, it goes back to our beliefs, our belief system. And the deeper the belief is rooted in our identity, the more challenging it is to shift it. We can shift it, but it's unconscious. We don't even realize it's there. Well, exactly. And that's what we say. That, that's the first thing we get people to do is just be soft with themselves and compassionate with themselves and be self-aware. Mm -hmm. Start noticing what your triggers are. Start noticing what feelings rise, you know, what, and then what behavior follows that. Because we always say awareness precedes change. You can't transform anything unless you know what you're doing. But most people don't want to do that because it's painful. It is. It's painful. And it's it's challenging because it needs commitment and consistency. Yeah. Yeah. But and we're a quick win. Quick win society, right? Oh, my. Yes. Yeah. So it really is a delayed gratification. But is it really? Because I believe the moment we make the decision to be committed and consistent, those little things start showing up in our life to help us move forward. But we're yeah. looking for such a big win that we miss those little wins. That's another thing. Exactly. So it's about every night just going, okay, what went well today? Well done, Claire. Well done, Grace. Like, what did I do well today? Not, what did I not do well? It's like, okay, what did I do? Well done. Well done. Because mm -hmm. this inner critic, this voice, you know, we even talk to our best friend, like, sorry, our worst enemy in the way that we, it's this constant chatter. Totally. So it is like talking like, well, how would you speak to your best friend? You wouldn't speak to a best friend like that, would you? No. So um, it's about celebrating those little wins and just momentum breeds momentum. The, yes. getting going, the getting going is the hardest bit, friends, every single time. And I always say, stop stopping. Mm -hmm. As soon as you stop, even just a little, I always say like a little toenail, in front, little foot, just anything is better than nothing. Because as soon as you drop off, you lose trust in yourself. And that belief system of, you're a failure, da, 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 comes back no. in. 
I love that. I love what you just said because every, and I feel like we sabotage ourselves because we expect to show up at a hundred percent and climb that mountain tomorrow. No, if you just put one foot in front of the other, just one foot, one step today, that's better than nothing. Well, it takes all the, you know, again, another thing we say is perfection is the enemy of progress. Yeah. Listen, I, I, I say this like so, so true. If James was here right now, he would totally back me up on this. You know, I I am a recovering perfectionist. My, my name's Claire and I am a recovering perfectionist. It kept me back from living the life that I wanted and that I desire for so long. When James and I got together, I love talking about star signs. He's a Sagittarius. So he's a fire sign. So he just fires off a million arrows. A million. Doesn't matter if any of them hit, he just fires them off. And then Virgo, me, goes around trying to trying to pick one of them up and make sense of it. But we've balanced each other out because actually it is such an enemy of progress. It's trauma, actually. It comes from a trauma place. I have to be perfect, otherwise people will not love me. 100%. I mean, it's a trauma response. And I'm a recovering perfectionist. And I fall into the perfectionism at times. And I remind myself, you know, that that's a trauma response. And, um, you know, one thing, we get more vulnerable. And I know we're going to talk about this as we get to midlife. And things start to change. And it makes us vulnerable. And then that inner critic, you know, comes up even louder and stronger. Yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely. I did a post about this the other day. Um, actually, I think it might be today. It's like, it's okay to outgrow your own life. I think you might have, it's okay to outgrow the life you've created for yourself. Be brave enough to look at actually, who says everything should have been static, but we're brought up in a society that says, get the job, get the house, get the marriage, get the kids, get the this, get the this, get the this, and then you'll be fulfilled. And you, and then you believe that. And actually, for a while, it might be what you want, for sure. Midlife, you're like, I'm in the second act. We said this, but I'm in the second act of my life. Does this make me happy now? Like, does this fulfill me? Does this set me on fire? And here's the thing, it might have done, but now you're a different person. Mm-hmm. You've, you've evolved. And as human beings, as spiritual conscious beings, we're supposed to be um, evolving and expressing ourselves constantly. It's an ever-changing thing. Yeah. So why, why are we holding ourselves? It's very scary, though. It's like you said, that's where the midlife crisis term comes from. It's like, oh, my, my identity is wrapped up in this, but now I ain't happy. Uh, and I know I should be because I did, I, you know, sweat, blood and tears and years for this. And I have everything. I have everything. And, you know, uh, I feel like I just want to throw it all up in the air and see where it lands. Right. Right. So that's the, the, the struggle there is real. And, and also for us women, as we have things changing, we start questioning who we are. And I remember um, probably even before I turned 40, I mean, I'm 50 now, like I had this image of like midlife and when you turned, like your life was gonna end, it was gonna be over and it was gonna be miserable and you're gonna be just unhealthy. Um, and I was committed to do the best I can to not be that way. And and my mom, unfortunately, she lost her, she she passed away at 50. So that was another reason for me to be okay. Like when I get to 50, like I'm not going down like that. And I know that you talk about, you know, the common mistakes that we make at midlife and how maybe we can change yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got I was I was laughing and um, everyone that's watching, I was laughing with Grace because um this is my passion. Like this is my passion to make us women feel less alone. You know, I'm great. it's great that perimenopause and menopause is being talked about now, and midlife is being talked about. Um, but there's still like taboo subjects and stuff, um, and people still don't necessarily want to talk about the anxiety, the depression, some of the sexual stuff that goes on. Um, yet, like the the just not feeling comfortable in your body, the lack of energy, the lack of sleep, and the grottiness, like the grottiness. However. What I like to do is talk about these things, but put really, really positive spins on it. Not just faux positivity, but like proper strategies that you can start doing right from where you are. But you yeah. need to know what's going on physiologically for you to bring compassion to yourself. Because yeah. you're thinking, ah, oh, is that inner critic again? Oh, I can't believe, you know, the diet I'm doing and the exercise I'm doing. I can't believe that none of this is working. And then I can't believe I shouted at my husband again. I can't believe I did this. I can't believe, you know, I'm doing everything to try and sleep and it's not working. 
it's this constant battle between your inner critic and your physiology. Yes, it's real. Yeah, it's re- it's real, and this is this is what is really really important is to know what's going on. So um, I was laughing with Grace. I said, "Oh, three three midlife mistakes. I've got five. we could go with five, girl. We got five, time. five. and then I've got like a million tips." <laughs> and, you know, like we said, like you know, the real talk with Grace Redmond. We bring real and raw conversations because you know we're not having this conversation anywhere about perimenopause, menopause, sex at this age. Like we're not having this conversation. So I'm glad that we can bring this to the table. Yeah, I am. So um, one of the first ones I would say is um, if you are one of these people that's like, oh my god, you know, um, I'm my belly fat. Here's the thing: as women, as we, as our estrogen, our sex hormone drops, um, the studies have said that actually it does our fat does start to just distribute from around our body straight to our our belly. So studies have actually shown that the fat actually starts to move towards our our belly. So again, very real. It's a physiological thing that's happening with your hormones. So um, what happens is a lot of women get very frustrated. We see them doubling down on exercise. We see them like. Tr- treading, you know, doing the treadmill, pounding the pavement. What's happening there is a lot of the time you're doing the completely um, wrong exercise for you. You're doing too much mm-hmm. and you're overstressing the central nervous system. What then happens is you raise cortisol, the stress hormone, and the stress hormone cortisol is um, linked to you holding on to more belly fat. So you have to be very, very careful about the kind of um, training that you're doing, adequate rest, um, not doing um, too much, too lengthy cardio, not overstressing that central nervous system, because you're actually negating and working against what you're trying to do if you're exercising. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about cardio, because we were cardio freaks. You know, um, I know my friends who are watching know who we are. Yeah, and that's that that's helpful. Of course, we need that, but that's not the end all. No, absolutely not. So here's the thing. Um, there's We did an interview on our podcast. Um, it came out last week. It's um, How Old Is Your Body? Mm-hmm. It's called how old, is your, yeah, how old Is Your Body? And basically, we're speaking to a scientist there that um, measures your immune, the age of your immune system. Um, so bear with me because I'm going to talk about the kind of best ways to do cardio as we age. So basically, they look at the age of your immune system and believe it or not, some... Um, athletes are 20 years older their immune system is 20 years older they measure them by glycans glycans in the body um so basically um they did loads and loads of studies like masses of studies you can do a test actually and we've got a discount on our podcast episode for everyone that listens to it but um you across the board everyone is different there is no cookie cutter approach this is why things don't work you know doing an instagram star Workout from you know, a 20 whippersnapper is not going to work for you. Um, but actually, one of the things that did work across the board to bring that age down was interval training. Love interval training. So it's how we work. It's a game changer for me, totally a game changer for me, a game changer for all of our midlife clients because it's short, sharp, and effective. You're raising mm-hmm. yourself up, you're coming down, you're raising your metabolic rate, which, as we know, is reducing as we age. Your muscle mass is decreasing. Um, muscle is metabolically active. So as your muscle decreases, your metabolic rate goes down. So it's basically about boosting your metabolic rate with these short, sharp boosts of hit, but not overstressing the central nervous system. So yes, you can go for runs. Yes, you can go for cycling. What we're saying is, as we age, we need to be really careful about the kind of cardio we're doing. And across the board, the studies that they've said is that actually interval training was the thing that brought someone's biological age down. From there, you know, we've got chronological age, biological age, their biological age was brought down with this one thing across the board. And I, and I remember you saying also that we lose muscle mass as we age yeah. and to, it'll be, it's a good idea to, it doesn't have to be, you, we don't have to get in the gym and lift weights, but using our body, um, like the bands to help our muscles. I love, you know, I was a massive snob about bands, massive snob before lockdown in the UK. I'm out in Primrose Hill Park with my bands thinking, oh my goodness, I look like some Instagram stuff. They're not going to work. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, we use kettlebells. We use kettlebells with our clients anyway. You can get amazing results at home. You can use your body weight, of course, but then to progress you because your body adapts. Get a kettle, couple of kettlebells at home and some bands, and people's body shapes have transformed. Yep. Transformed on our on our program from people that have said, "I never thought my body could look like that." 
you know so it's really important we do resistance training really important it's key the nhs here um used to say three three um hit session uh, three exercise cardio sessions a week now it's two also two resistance training sessions because our bone density decreases as we age otherwise we're going to get osteoporosis that's massive for us women and muscle mass your shape is never going to change as well just from doing cardio you have to do resistance training and it builds muscle raising your metabolic rate so which brings me to like calories because we're always wanting to burn calories and and i know it's calories in calories out however um, so I think you mentioned this and I've been dealing with some um, clients with this, like really reducing their calorie intake when in reality, like we need to nurture our body. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Like one of the, you know, the tips there in regards to our intake. Yeah, see it all the time. Again, massively frustrated that we're getting more belly fat. We're not feeling comfortable about ourselves. So what do we do? We crash diet. And I was the diet queen. We try shakes. We try, oh my good, everything. Me too, girl. Me too. We try Arbon. We try da 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 da. All, the, all these things. You the know, um, diet. Yeah, and so replacing meals with shakes. It's just it's your body, your metabolic rate. Basically, what your body's going to do is go. Hang on a minute. You're starving me. You're starving me. I'm I'm actually going to hold on to the belly fat now. I'm going to reduce my metabolic rate. Firstly, what the, it does is lower your metabolic rate because it's conserving the energy. You're not feeding it enough, so it's conserving its energy. So your baseline comes down here. So you reduce your baseline metabolic rate. When you go to eat normally again, i.e. non-restrictive, not cutting out, you know, like doing the keto diet. I'm a massive, I don't like the keto diet. So anyone that's listening, I'm ever so sorry, but I don't like for massive scientific reasons. You know, if you go right into ketosis and you stay there for a long period of time, all these things, your body is, is not going to cope with it. Um, and then when you eat normally again, you go out for dinner, you have a life, your baseline's down here. So guess what? You're in a, more, a greater calorie surplus because your baseline's down here. Mm-hmm. You have to have a balanced diet. You have to be eating your, these are some of my tips, you have to be eating more protein because protein triggers leptin. Leptin is your hormone that says I'm full. As us women age, our leptin reduces. So we have to eat more protein try and get more protein in because it will naturally trigger that leptin so you feel fuller for longer Mm -hmm. so making sure you have balance Mm -hmm. i agree agree. because i've done i think i'm do you hear me echoing no okay so i I hear you because i've done so many crash diets in the past and again they would never work i believe it's a lifestyle change yeah totally it's a marathon not a sprint Yes. It's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, you are never, people come to us, and I, I obviously told you about my relationship with food. It was awful. You know, I had to, and everyone's like, oh, how quickly am I going to get results? I'm like, if you've been messing around with diets all your life, all these things, your gut flora, your gut health, your serotonin mm-hmm. in your gut, you know, you've, you've, you've imbalanced it, right? And your metabolic rate will take, also take a while. Your body's going to need some time and some love and some care to come back to equilibrium, to balance. Mm-hmm. And mind-body connection, right? Loving, your, loving, loving it and nurturing it, feeding it the right amount of macros. You know, feeding it a great, having a glass of wine sometimes if you want. Having a pizza sometimes if you want. But it's about changing your relationship with food, which is in here. Yes. Yes. So there was a book I read because I struggled too. I don't. I never had a um, diagnosed eating disorder, but I, I know I had something going on. And I read this book called The Joshua Diet. And it's not even about diet. It's just about your mindset, about your body and about food. Like when you're putting the food in your body, if you're guilty eating it, that food is going to go straight to where you don't want it to. Yes. 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 And, and if yes. If you're hating your body, if I hate my leg, they're not going to change. So it sounds bizarre, but it's like you said, it starts here. It's visualizing, it's future pacing, right? We're going to talk about this as future pacing. It's like, where am I going and what belief systems do I need? What beliefs are currently here that's scuppering that? And what belief systems do I need to change? And that's where 
you know, all that soul stuff comes in, the gratitude, the thinking what I do have, instead of what I don't have, what I do love about my body, what, you know, otherwise you're just constantly, your body hears everything you say. Yes. When you respond to everything you say. Yes. So for um, the audience that's watching that might not know what future pacing is, can you um, tell us what future pacing is? Yeah, it's basically about visualizing yourself um, at a certain point in the future and really like we I do like a guided meditation um with our clients it's a part of our app because it's on an app and they can listen to it whenever they want to really touch in with that person they're becoming and actually making them believe that that person exists that person is there waiting for you to step into you've just met it so it's you meet your future self that's how we do it you meet your future self you hear what it has to say you see what it what she's wearing, how she's, what, she, what she's saying, how the energy of her, and meeting her. And then actually I always say, like, you hold your hands and you say to the version of you now, the future one says, thank you for never giving up on me. Yes. Thank you for never giving up on me. I'm here. I'm here. I'm real. Yes. And if we can see, if we visualize it, it's because we can, it's there. It just has yes. to come out. Yeah, and your body, neuroscience says your body cannot um, distinguish between, the brain does exactly the same things of when you're doing it and when you're imagining it. So That's it's right. creating the same chemical reactions in your body. So it's the same thing, your body's responding in the same way, it's as if it's happening. It's yes. fascinating, it's amazing. It's really fascinating. And so if we continue to visualize our future, future self and start shifting that mindset, what begins to happen? You start making those decisions um, first is awareness. First, awareness of what's not working. Being kind to yourself, but not what's not working. And then, when you keep meeting that future self, it's doubled, doubled down with affirmations. I'm a massive believer in affirmations and gratitude and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's energy. So actually, what happens is when you keep meeting that future self, what you you start realizing is you you have an affirmation that you're using, and you're kind of like, okay, that sounds more like this one, this part of myself. You start to distinguish between what sounds like the the negative nanny self and the future self, and you're like, actually, I'm at a choice point here. I can go this way or this way. Yes. But the more you start really like tapping into that, the the easier you find it is for your beliefs and your identity to become congruent with what you're doing, your actions. Mm -hmm. You're you're integrating that person into your sense of self. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, it's very conscious at the beginning. It's very conscious. It's like, oh, I'm thinking that again. Oh, that's a ball. What would this one thing? It's, it's, it's a lot of hard work. It's consistent. It's consistency. Well, it's commitment and consistency. And also our, our negative thoughts become habits. Yes. And as we become aware and we start reframing, then the more we, the more committed and consistent we are to that reframing, that reframing becomes a habit, and you automatically, within you yeah. know, seconds, you you yeah. should make that shift. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the thing that we get with clients all the time, and I get with myself, you know, sometimes I'll be on a roll with it, and then sometimes I fall off a cliff with it. So it happens to all of us. Sometimes I'm like really into it, and then sometimes this is a really interesting thing. You actually realise how important it is when you stop doing it. And again, I always say, you don't know the light without the dark, so don't be too hard on yourself. You know, you can't, you can't, your desire is even stronger to get back into that place once you've let it slip. So there's a reason and for everything. And so you kind of get, yeah, because life gets in the way, especially with what's going on in the world right now. Oh, gosh. Oh, it's just bombarding with yes. negative, you know, like subliminal messaging constantly. This is why we say, <clears throat> One thing to say is one of my tips is like <clears throat> make sure we have a really strong morning ritual, a morning yeah. ritual where you're not like so many people go, oh, I'm looking on the news, I'm looking on my social media straight away, you're giving your power away straight away. Yes, I, I totally believe in that. Everything vying for your attention. Totally. And I believe in morning ritual. And there can be a hundred thousand different morning rituals. Can you tell us a little bit about your morning ritual and how that helps you start your day? Yeah, of course. So in the morning, like literally uh, between waking, so sleeping and waking, you're in a place called theta state, which is when your brain is primed to be reprogrammed and take on new information. So literally as soon as I open my eyes, um, I'm really antisocial to James. I'm like, hiya. Um, <laughs> stick my headphones in and I, you know, I, I listen to some affirmations of other people. I love insight timer. Love yeah. insight timer. Love insight timer. Because you can pick five minutes. 
-hmm. And, you know, I've got my favorites on there and it's like a five minute I'm enough. I love it. The most fundamental part of most of our suffering is I am not enough. I am not enough. That is the core theme story. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 underneath everything, you know, and actually rewiring, reprogramming your brain to to know that you that you are enough with all your imperfections, and you always have been, and there's nothing to prove. There's nothing to it's you know you've come in with nothing. You're going to go out with nothing, other than your sense of how much fun you had, how much you played. That's that's what I, that's what, how much you played. Uh, oh, Claire, you know my second act, I'm all about the fun and the play and the family. I worked too hard the first half, the first act. Yeah. But when we are playful and fun, it's not like, okay, I'm being frivolous, I'm not being serious. But when we're in that vibration of fun and playfulness. Joy. Joy, when we, yes, girl, when we are in joy, we open ourselves up to attract and bring more. I know. And you only, you know, that creative process is a, is a long, you know, I never ever want people to think, I know you're exactly the same. I never want people to look at me and go, oh, she's got it all figured out. She's got it all, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, I have not got it all figured out. You know, no. I, I'm, I, there are days when I, I've got a cloud over me. And again, this is hormonal, but cloud over me. And I'm just like, that's probably cool minds. But then, you know, um, deep within you, deep within you, if you can keep grounding yourself back to your heart space, back to your heart space, mm -hmm. um, and doing like a meditation with that every morning. So that's what I was saying, actually. So I'll get up, I'll listen to the I'm enough. I'll get up, I'll do like a five minute meditation of just connecting with my heart. Yeah. I'll write down three things that I'm grateful for, but I just don't write them down and pay lip service. I feel them. Yes. Feel them. Most people go, doo, doo, doo. they don't feel them. And then set your intention. Set your intention for the day. You know, we have a million priorities. A million. What's the one today? And that will change, right? What's the one What's the one priority or intention today? Um, and then I do do an affirmation. Sometimes I'll scribe. It's different all the time. I get very bored. Very bored. Well, that's why there's so many different tools we can use, which you brought up um, the subject of, you know, kind of dipping and feeling down and that that's attributing it to hormones. And I can relate to that because I can feel it right away. Like I'll start feeling some type of way, you know, and I know these tools like the meditation, the scribing um, definitely help that. What else can you tell our audience who may be going through that perimenopause, menopause to help them when they're in those mood shifts? Yeah, um, don't don't go for the booze, right? Okay, it, it might relax you. I'm not saying don't have a tipple, but when you're feeling like that, physiologically, it's actually the worst thing you can do because there is, yeah, booze is alcohol, wine, um, full of laden with sugar, right? Mm -hmm. So you're gonna go on an insulin roller coaster, and when you slump down, it actually brings your mood down. Got it. So you're going to be up and down on this. And the thing is, as we age as well, we become what we call more insulin resistant. So our blood, our body isn't as, um, it doesn't process the sugars in our blood system as easily. So we become more insulin resistant. Um, so basically what you're doing is you're insulin resistant anyway, you're applying it with sugar mm -hmm. to try and relax you. But what you're doing is you're taking that sugar up. And again, physiologically as well, uh, that's when you don't use sugar. So uh, let me explain it this way. Uh, sugar, carbohydrates, they're our primary source of energy, right? That's where when you go into ketosis, you don't eat carbs, you have, don't have sugar, and you start tapping into your fat reserves. That's the premise behind it. But I recommend that. So um, carbohydrates are your primary source of energy. When it doesn't get used up, it turns um, into sugar and it goes straight to your belly. So anything that's not used up, that's why I always say front load your carbs. Front load your good, good carbs. Like in the morning. Yeah, and that will help stabilize your mood as well. So have oats, oats, protein, um, berries, things like that. At lunch, you might want to have um, a half a slice of sourdough with some scrambled egg um, and some smoked salmon, something like that. And then the evening, really, really super light. 
So some vegetables, some leafy, you know, leafy greens, uh, chicken, fish, all that sort of stuff. Because what you don't want to do is send your cord, your insulin sky high just before you go to bed because you're not using it. And I noticed and I know I'm a sugar addict. Yeah. It is that when my mood is dip and I'm in that hole that I go to the food. Well, that's because 90% uh, of your serotonin is created in your gut. Mm. So 90% so of your happy hormone serotonin is created in your gut. They call the gut the second brain. So, um, so when you are um, on a sugar low, um, or you're just feeling low mood, you're going to want those sugary starchy foods to make oh. you feel better. To send those, yeah. Here's the thing: if you can, if you can ride that out, and you can grab some um, high protein snack. I love having like um, some nut butter, a, a, a teaspoon of nut butter with some um, apple um, or some celery or something like that. That's great. Or a handful of nuts, just protein and good fats, rather than the sugar, which is going to send you up and slump you right back down again because your body can't cope with that amount of sugar going into it. So you're just going to be going up and down. Your mood's going to be going up and down. So that's one of the things I would say. Booze is, we think it's a relaxant, but the things it's doing to our body is putting our body under loads and loads of stress. And actually, the more sugar, the sugar's linked to lowering your immune system as well. Um, it's linked to all sorts of disease. Sugar is, um, what I would say is you really need to look out for hidden sugars. Sugar's in everything. You take the fat out of something. Low fat often means high sugar. Right. So check your food labeling. You're looking for carbohydrates of which sugar. Because a lot of these healthy bars, we saw one the other day, Healthy Bar by some, you know, a company that we know, um, and it's supposed to be in the UK, 22.5 grams of sugar per 100 grams is a high, product, is a high sugar product. Mm -hmm. This one was 35 grams per 100 grams, and it was um, saying it was a healthy bar. Mm -hmm. So we have to pay attention to the labels. Yeah, and, you do. Yeah. And, and I learned that I did learn that a long time ago because I would always have the non-fat, non-fat. And then someone said, well, you better eat the full fat because when you're eating non-fat, it's number one, there's chemicals in it and the sugar content is really high. So, and I never realized that affected our mood. Massively. Okay. Massively. It's like it, it creates anxiety and depression. Like there's there's links to anxiety and depression. So this is why at midlife, if we're experiencing these like high and low mood, the reason we're experiencing low mood is because when our estrogen starts to dip, estrogen um, helps with the production of serotonin. So when our estrogen dips, our serotonin dips. Mm -hmm. So that's physiological. That is what's happening. So your low mood isn't you just being a, a graggy old nut, you know, like just being, it's actually something that's going on in your body. So you're not producing as much serotonin. So doing things like getting out, getting vitamin D, getting yeah. out into nature, doing some meditation, connecting with yourself, doing things that bring you joy, not yeah. over it, not burning yourself out. Because mm -hmm. these are things that are going to raise cortisol as well and put massive pressure. Here's one thing I do want to share with you. Talking about sex, right? When we are in... Yeah, just talk about it. So when when you are stressed, really in a high stress state, um, cortisol um, and I'm going to get a bit technical now, but uh, cortisol goes down one branch of the hormone pathway, and DHEA goes down another one, and then that goes to estrogen and progesterone, our sex hormones. Progenolone is the mother hormone. When you're stressed, it goes straight down to cortisol and robs robs any of any of it from DHEA and your sex hormones. So when you're stressed, you literally are robbing yourself of your sex life, of your libido. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, that's not just you. That's managing management of stress. You have to manage stress. And, and what can you do? I mean, we talked about like eating right, um, the morning ritual, um, the exercise, strength training. It, what, you know, what can we, because we, you know, we're still young and vibrant. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So vitamin D really helps. Um, that's really, really helps with so supplementation. You know, I, I've just started taking Don Kwai. That's actually, um, yeah, Don Kwai's um, really helpful for mood. Um, and making sure that you are boosting your immune system like with vitamin C, uh, making sure that you are getting enough, um, you know, calcium as well for our bones, but making sure that you're nourishing your body as optimally as possible most of the time, 80% of the time. Um, what else I would say is with stress, prioritize yourself. Give yourself permission to prioritize yourself. 
and then plan in when you are having you time because this is the anti-selfish behavior if you're strung out if you're burnt out you are going to be anything for your loved ones you're, you, I always say stress is the silent killer, and I'm sorry to make that sound really dramatic, but it really is. We, we're so used to being at a low level, this, this hum. We were never, our body was never supposed to be here, but we've got so used to being at this hum now, we think it's normal until the body says, uh-uh, no, it's not. So you have to prioritize your downtime, go out for walks in nature, get vitamin D, exercise, don't overstress the body, do some yoga. You know, make sure that you, you know, if you are feeling these things about midlife and the midlife crisis, you go and talk to someone. You get some help. That you get some help. That you connect. That you connect. That 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 is the one thing. Gratitude and giving connection. It oxytocin. Oxytocin. Giving. Giving releases oxytocin in our body and it's the connection hormone it's what you have when you have children when you pet dogs it's the connection i'll tell you what when i feel low best thing i can do is jump on a coaching call and coach someone i don't want to do it sometimes i'm like i'm not going to be very good I'm not going to be great now but when i jump on we'll do it when we jump on and we're like coming from this heart space you're like just get your shit together claire come from here I come away and I'm like, well, I think I got more out of that than they did. Right? Yeah, because you know, we get we get and we give, they give, I get. Yes. It's a selfish, it's a selfish thing. Giving is giving and connection. We're humans and that's why it's been so hard in the last year and a half because yeah, connection yeah. has it's been taken away. Yeah. Because I'm a big connector and you're totally right. When those times I'm feeling low and that's something I teach is like, what give back? How can you pay it forward? Once you pay it forward, you feel better. And same thing. Sometimes I have a coaching client and I'm feeling low. I'm like, oh my God, I suck. I'm going to suck right now. But, but once I get on there and the, the heart activated, like yes. my, my totally. Movie. Totally. And you know that they've got such an amazing experience, but you're like, oh my goodness. Like, how do I not know this every single time? I've got this blue cloud over me a little bit that I can't shake off, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to be. And then, how do I not know this by now? That when I do it, it it's amazing. Good. Well, the imposter syndrome is also a real thing, you know. We've done, yes, I've done a podcast. We've done a podcast on that, and everyone loved it. I'm so real on that. Like, yeah, it's a real thing. And every level, I love this phrase as well. At every new level, there's another devil. Yes. Oh. oh, 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 you're there again, are you? Yes. Oh, right, so I'm leveling up. You're there. There's another devil. There's another limiting belief that comes up. That's right. Or there's another memory that comes up. Or you have a dream about something. You're like, oh, That's you know, right. public speaking is, you know, what was, still is to a degree, something for me. Oh, so, me too. Me too. Yes. And, and like you said, and, and I had, I had a client yesterday and she was like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Like I've done all this work. And I said, girl, we are leveling up. And when we level up, I like how you said it, um, new level, new devil, there's going to be other layers and you're going to continue to grow and expand and just, at least you're aware now what those, um, beliefs are. Yeah, but there's, you know, there's loads of um, famous actors and actresses that say this and publicly said this, you know, like they want a golden glow and then they go home with it. And then I can't remember who it was. Was it Emma Watson, I think, that said that she took it home and she thought someone's going to knock on the door and go, uh, excuse me, we got that wrong. We got, well, uh, excuse me, we couldn't have that back. Right. It goes, it goes back to the inner critic. It goes back to our yeah. fourth story that we're not good enough. And we all have it because our ego was created to keep us safe, you know, but we're not cave people anymore. We don't have to run from the saber toothed tiger. Right. Beautiful. It's there to keep you safe. It's yes. that, you know, it's done a good job. And I always say, you know, like some people in this world, you know, they're like, oh, you know, just take it to. I'm like, no, I can't do that to mine because actually through certain traumas in my life, it really saved me. Yes. You know, it was, it's my protector. It's my yes. protector. And at that time, if he hadn't, he, it's, it is a he actually, if he hadn't have been there, mine is, if he hadn't have been there, I wouldn't have been able to function. But actually, it's when it becomes um, counterintuitive, when it actually stop, stops you moving to the next level. That's when you have to, and then I softly speak to it. 
I don't have, I'm like, I know you love me. Yeah. I know you wanted to help me, but can we just agree to do things a bit differently this time? Mm, I love that because some people are like, let me get rid of the ego. And I don't, yeah. like, for me, I don't believe I love, I, my ego's there to serve me. I know it's supposed to, you know, kept me safe. And even the beliefs that even stopped serving me were there for a purpose. So what I do the same thing, say, okay, thank you. I hear you, but we're going to do this different because that's an important part of us. Yes. It's just, just learning. Like, yeah. And just learning how to have a relationship with it where it's not running you. Yeah. And like to say it doesn't exist. It's like, it's also for me, I suppose, it's like the inner child. Because all of those things were built around the inner child. You can't, sure. you can't go, I just reject you. Because that little child, that little girl is like, what? Right. You keep doing this. You keep doing this. You, you're not hearing what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to tell you something. So actually listening to it and going, okay, I'm here. I'm here. Mm -hmm. I'm listening. And then you write it down. Yeah, acknowledging it. And, and honoring, like you said, because it saved you. I mean, saved me too. But then we get to a point where it's no longer serving us. And, yeah. and, and if, you know, um, especially now when we get, like to, we said, to, to midlife and we want the, to enjoy the second half. I'll tell you what, I'm enjoying the second half way more than the first half because I feel like, again, the commitment, the consistency, the habits, um, and the yeah. mindset. So yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me ask you a question, if you can mm -hmm. talk. Is, is there a life after midlife? Is there a life after midlife? Yeah. We, we have, I mean, like, where do you say midlife, right? I say like, I don't know, 40 to 60 is what we normally say, 40 to 60. And then we've got people, oh my goodness, we've got the most amazing couple. If they're watching this, you might be watching this, uh, the most amazing couple doing our program together. Mm -hmm. um, and they're, I'm going to get this wrong, 63 and 64 or something like that. They are, they're in the best shape of their life. I love they it. They run their own business in the US, so the US and um, the, in London as well, in the UK, so they go between the two. They are smashing their 60s, like smashing it, and they're finding each other sexy. Like they're just, they're like this. She's getting a new swimsuit. She's like, oh, I mean, literally, I'm looking at her going, I want that when I'm, that when I'm in your age, she's just glowing and she's able to deal with all her work. I mean, these people are like running a, a massive business, massive business with hundreds of people and with all different time zones. And they're getting up and they're smashing it, and they're you know, they're giving their younger ones a run for their money. I love it. So, yeah. yes, absolutely. And here's the thing midlife is the time where we look at not just how long we want to live. God willing, yes. but the quality of that life, the quality. That's the main thing, the quality. The quality, uh, you know, like we're in a world now where you can keep people going, but the quality of that life. And the best time to start was yesterday. The second best time is today. Now, don't take, don't wait for your body to give you niggles or a big sledgehammer. You know, when, when you don't have your health, you don't have anything. Yes. You don't have anything because... It, it, this body is your home. It will. It needs. You need it in order to do everything. And the mind-body connection. If your body's failing, this then fails. So so important um, to make sure that you know those older years, those retirement years, are beautiful, and you can do the things that you want to. Yes. Yes. I'm all. I'm a hundred percent in on that. And I'd love you to tell our audience about your eight-week program, Mind, Body, Soul. Yes, um, so we've got an eight-week program. Thank you very much. We've got an eight-week program called the Midlife Method, um, and underpinning it all is basically changing um, your your mindset really about your yourself and helping you regain control of your body, mind, and soul, so that you feel comfortable in your own skin. So yes, you drop some you drop some pounds, but more that you feel more in control of your life because yeah. you you deserve that. And it's so once you get that, the positive aspects in the rest of your life the positive influence it has is just phenomenal we see it all the time it's not to be underestimated so that's the main bedrock and then obviously we've got a movement we've got six pillars we've got midlife movement this is all in um, an eight-week program it's all on an app so we've got our own app which was a labor of love a labor of love um, but six yeah six pillars so uh, midlife movement midlife nutrition midlife hormones 
um, success mindset, emotional well-being, and mentoring. So they're the six pillars that make up the midlife method, and it's an inside-out transformation. If you're just looking for an exercise program, move along. It's mm-hmm. it's this inter- it's eighty percent mindset, twenty percent doing. But when they're congruent, those eight weeks, you're just like that. Transformation. It's amazing. It's amazing. Where where can they find you here? Um, If you go to themidlifementors.com, so themidlifementors with an S.com, it's all on the site. So, and also you can book a call. um, If you go through, you've got any questions at the top of the page, you can just book a call and then you can have a chat with myself and James as well if you you wanted to. But yeah, everything's on our website, themidlifementors.com. And I will also put that information in the podcast and in this video. Oh, go listen to our podcast as well, guys. And this is yes, this Your podcast is amazing. Like, it's free content. We've been going since 2019, and we're in the top two percent of global podcasts now. Woo-hoo! I love it, and I had the privilege of having you on today. Oh, it's been amazing, babe. It's been absolutely amazing. I, I love love your work i love your energy you're just such a beautiful soul and anyone that has the privilege of working with you you're just yeah absolutely very very lucky people thank you and i feel the same about you and i look forward actually to doing more um talks and collaborations with you i think this is an important subject and i just want to keep bringing it to the table because there's so much to cover god there's so much to cover we could like touch the tip of the iceberg there so i'd love to be back i'd love to come back Yes, I will definitely have you back for sure because I think this is so important. And um, thank you everyone for watching and for watching today and for listening. And I will put Claire's information there because definitely um, we we got this on the second act. We can live a fun and fabulous life regardless of our age. So make it a great day, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Claire. Hey love, thank you so much for listening today. I am so grateful for you. I'd like to show you my appreciation by gifting you a free forgiveness self-hypnosis audio download. Part of living the fun and fabulous life is practicing forgiveness. Forgiveness can be such a long and challenging process. My intention is that this forgiveness audio will help you in practicing forgiveness, especially with yourself. Grab it by visiting daretoachieve.com backslash forgiveness. For more inspiring tips, make sure to connect with me on social media. Drop me a line on Facebook or Instagram at Grace Redmond Dare to Achieve. Until next time, keep moving forward towards living your fabulous life.